You're listening to 89.5 FM KOPN Columbia, Mid-Missouri's source for in-depth news, diverse talk and music of the world. It's not just radio, it's community radio on the web at kopn.org. And this is Speaking of the Arts. Welcome to an especially exciting edition of Speaking of the Arts on KOPN, an hour of news, views and interviews on the arts in mid-Missouri. I am Diana Moxon. As it's almost the end of the year, I thought we'd invite a few pals into the studio (laughs) to talk about what we all loved in the arts in 2018. From theatre to ballet, from poetry to festivals, new music to old music, the past 12 months in Colombia have been chock-a-block with the arts. Anyone who tries to do it all will almost inevitably fail as there is so much going on all the time you cannot swing a cat as we say in England without hitting an arts event (laughs) so to help with the recollections we have a chorus of art makers (laughs) and consumers from the world of music the song lark Audra Sergal is here yay from theatre the sublime Ed Hansen and the illustrious Monica I've never been called sublime before. Sublime. (laughs) Overseeing everything from his art perch at the Columbia Daily Tribune, we have the owner of the Golden Pen, Eric Danielson. I left the Golden Pen at the office, I'm sorry. (laughs) And later in the show, the doyen and director of the University of Missouri's Bingham Gallery and representing the visual arts, Catherine Armbrust joins us in the studio and I believe Anastasia Pottinger, the uh, photographer to the stars, will also be popping in around 10.30. So we have a delightfully packed studio. Are we all ready to recollect? Yes. yes. You can't nod, it's radio. I can't nod, it's radio. Yeah, I'm there now. I don't think I will ever say the word recollect ever again. I, it will always be recollect. <laughs> always. It's always a choice. Recollect, recollect, tomato, you, tomato. You, you collect and then you collect again. You right. Yes, you yes. recollect. You don't, yes, exactly. Yes. So, <laughs> so I gave you all a little heads up and I asked you to think about those events mm-hmm. which stood out for you and given that we all go to a lot of events. I know that's a tall order, cutting it down just to a short list. I started making a list too and I had to get really mean to cut it back (laughs) or else everything I saw would be on the list because everything was so great. So Eric, as we only have you for half of the show, let's start with you. What made it to your top five this year? Oh boy, I don't think that I called it to a top five, but um, <laughs> me neither. Uh, yeah, a couple of things that just popped off the top of my head because I've been thinking about this too for the the year end stuff over at the paper. Um, one thing, just I'm I'm not a huge movie buff, but in the movies in Colombia this year, especially at True False, um, were a couple of the kind of most breathtaking maybe experiences that I had. Um, the first would be Bisbee Seventeen, which was directed by Robert Green, who works here at the University of Missouri over at the the Murray Center for Doc Journalism. Um, that movie, you know, if you if you saw it, is this big epic sweeping tale of a border town in Arizona, and it's it's got a theater bent because they're recreating basically the worst moment in their history. Um, and 
and having grown up in Arizona, that really resonated with me. I really um, love Robert's work anyway. And then um, there was another much more intimate film at True False this year that uh, when I was going back through the year in my head really stood out um, called Lovers of the Night, which was this movie about these aging Irish monks and these kind of hilariously aging Irish monks um, and just what it means to kind of devote your life to one thing and not really be recognized for it by anybody outside of, of your little community. And so um, those are a couple of things that stood out. I mean, there, there, we could talk about a lot more things about music and, and, and visual art and stuff, but those are a couple of things that I, I had forgotten. Those were like at the very beginning of the year. And I went back and looked through some articles and some things and, and I was just like, man, those movies, I've thought about them all year long. So, And what, what about music? I mean, that's really your passion is, sure. is the music scene. So what have you seen or heard in the music scene yeah. in Columbia? Um, one of my favorite things that happened, in a, and again, I'm writing about this for, for next week in the Tribune, but I just keep thinking about this as well. I, that's kind of how I, when I get to year-end lists, you know, there are things that, uh, you know, objectively I might think, oh, this was better than this. But then I, I kind of, my, my dividing line is what have I thought about all year? What's like stayed with me? Um, and I really loved this summer um, Byron Neighbors, who's a local musician. He does Byron Amplification, which is an amp building company here in town. Um, he did this tribute show at the Blue Note where they, he, he got this um, really great local band of folks together. They recreated an entire concert from um, the OK Computer era of Radiohead. It was a show from 1997. It was. It wasn't just song for song, note for note. They literally like practiced the mistakes from that show, practiced the stage banter from that show, um, and that's my favorite band of all time and it was just kind of this you know you hear about tribute bands you're in a college town we get a lot of tribute bands and you think okay it's just a lot of people who like Jimmy Buffett but you know (laughs) are are playing his songs but this was one of those things where it was like faithfully trying to get inside of an artistic experience and then recreate it Um, and I thought there was some real beauty and some real value to that so that's that's definitely one of the shows this year that was done by local folks um, that I just, yeah, I just kind of flash back to in my mind pretty often. Do you make a list through the year as you're going through the year of things that kind of are on the A list or in terms of what you liked and think you're going to remember and do things shift around during the year? Yeah, for sure. Well, I, you know, I love making lists and if I let <laughs> myself, uh, if I let myself, I could make like 50 lists, but I <laughs> kind of try to winnow it down to a couple. I could make like a top five list of my lists. Um, <laughs> But usually I usually I make like an albums list of music that I listen to throughout the year and then like a concerts list um, just so that I kind of keep it simple. But yeah, stuff shifts around all the time. I mean, something that that's the hard thing about writing about the arts is that you have an experience. You kind of try to put it in perspective or context immediately. And then six months later, you go back and think, oh, no, this actually meant this to me and not this. Um, and so, you know, I've always said that it would be awesome if I could write album reviews or you know, concert reviews or whatever six months after they happened but that's not really how publishing works because um, I don't really know how I felt about them until months later um, usually but yeah so there's there's always a little bit of list making going on in my in my world I mean aside from you we do not have a regular weekly or daily arts writer right. in Columbia so you are you are the, the everything buffalo, you are the golden the buffalo, pen <laughs> yeah on the on the frontier yeah we all rely on you to tell us what we should go and see or have seen and missed mm-hmm. um so um um let's see who's who, Monica yes let's ask you you are thoroughly immersed in the world of theater Ooh, yeah and true. from your Facebook posts I don't think there is a show that you miss no there are some <laughs> I have them written down right here <laughs> <laughs> so I do see probably more theater than than than, than most people. You do. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like you not only see theatre in Colombia, you go to St. Louis to see theatre, yeah, you go yeah. to Mobile and Mexico and... 
Yeah, I've had a lot of people ask if I would adopt them because I also try to immerse my children in the arts, and so they get they are really well uh, not read. Uh, well, they're well read too, but well well theatered. They're <laughs> well they're well theatered children. They have seen lots of productions, and we we don't mind traveling. I think the farthest we've ever traveled to see a show was we drove to see the uh, uh, Denver previews of Frozen, the musical, and so and we did it in two days. Like we literally drove there. Got pulled over by a cop. Anna cried, said, we're going to see Elsa. The cop said, yes, go. And we went, saw the show, stayed the night, and came back was the next day. Was she dressed day. as Elsa? Of course she was dressed as Elsa. We're going to see a Christmas carol at the Lyceum later, and she's out there dressed like Scrooge right now. So what do you think? Yes. Are, now, are they, are they more critical than you in the car on the way home? Do they... They they have become little critics, and I'm a very easy like there. I I'm so easy to please. I can always find value and beauty in just about anything uh, arts related. But uh, my children are becoming little uh, critics. Yeah, <laughs> I mean even when we went to Disney World, like Gabe would go up to Belle and like you're really well cast. I I mean you sound <laughs> like the girl in the movie. You're, you're like your yeah your facial expressions. Great great casting job. Like <laughs> so yeah so they they some of the magic is gone, but I kind of I kind of dig what's happening. Because you know, <laughs> they're thinking about things and they're critiquing the background. finding themes and you know the the, the subtext oh. and things like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't even notice that. So we have wonderful conversations after shows in the car too. So I would imagine like the third act in your car is very interesting. It is very interesting. <laughs> Somebody should record. I should podcast it. I, I probably could, could get some followers. Well, actually, I for did. That. I did go to uh, in your car to a show in yes. St. Louis. Yes, which was I don't know if I would call that theater. No, I don't know I don't what we saw there, but what there was, was lots of what drinking. Was it, called? it was called shot. Shotspear. Shotspear. Uh, a bunch of people doing shots throughout the show doing Romeo and Juliet. And I think Anastasia ended up having a, a man in her lap at one point. So that was super fun. Oh, <laughs> it was I, a good time at Bial, but I wouldn't call it theater. I, I, I do think the most interesting part of the evening was actually the car ride there and back. Yes, absolutely. It always is. It always is. You know, And that's what theater helps us to do is connect and think and, and, and be better humans. And that's why I love theater so much. Yes. I don't need to say anything else, do I? That was it. That was my, my tagline. <laughs> so let's look at them. Um, tell us about some of your highlights from the year. Not okay. the things that you missed, the things that you saw. Right, the, the ones that I saw, and, and like I said, this is a biased list because I did not get to see everything. And I tried to get a top 10, but I, it's a top 11 because I cheated and, and had a tie <laughs> for 10th. Okay, so I'll start at 10. So loved Cabaret. Uh, it was done by a couple of productions, but Rob Krause's production or d- direction of it at uh, Capital City Players in Jeff City was just wonderful. This I, is in reverse order. These this are is in reverse favorites. order. Yeah, okay. but I mean, it's really I loved them all, so it's, it doesn't matter. Um, but it was really the the MC. I don't know what it is about me, what it says about me, but I instantly and irrevocably fall in love with the MC of Cabaret every time I see it. And it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. I prove that by falling in love with Stephanie, <laughs> the gal who played it at CEC. I don't know if it's just the the the, the brassiness of the MC or what it is, but I just uh, the, Joel, the the guy that played it in Jefferson City, was amazing. Um, and also the Tempest Maplewood Barn Theater. Nathan O'Neill directed that. He actually composed music that the, they they used in the production. It was it was a really great show. I love I love Shakespeare outside. I think anytime you can see Shakespeare in the park, do it because it's it's just a wonderful thing. Um, Into the Woods, Columbia College, Nolly Moore uh, directed that. I, I I know it was at two other. I think it was at two Stevens. other. It was at Stevens and I think another Macon or Moberly. Some, somebody Moberly else did it too. Moberly, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I only saw it at Columbia College and it was great. So I'm sure it was great at the other ones too. 
Um, and let's see. Uh, Sweeney Todd at Talking Horse Productions. I cheated by putting this on the list because I was in that production, so I probably shouldn't have put it on the list. But if you've never seen Ed Hansen as a vile, yeah. pedophile, creepy. like creepy dude, <laughs> very terrifying. Creepy. I got to. I was in the ensemble, so I got to watch a lot. I'm more hoping of this. no one from my church is. This. <laughs> Glad you're sitting at the other side of the room to me, Ed. And suddenly the church choir goes silent. No, I, I think that people who had the question, why did Ed retire from being artistic director of Talking Horse Productions, I think they got that question answered when they came to see Sweeney Todd at Talking Horse Productions because Did he go like, fired? No. <laughs> No, because we got to see, oh, right, the reason he got into this whole, you know, thing in the first place is because he's an amazing actor, a brilliant actor, and he's getting to, you know, do that again. And so in, in Sweeney Todd, I was just blown away by what I got to see um, happening all around me. And also some of the Stevens, you know, talent, I almost said girls, Stevens women and men that were in that production, I was just blown away by the level of talent there. It was okay. amazing. Uh, Tuesdays with Maury uh, at Talking Horse, um, directed by Michelle Curry and J.J. Musgrove. Beautiful play. I mean, just ugly crying Monica right there in the second row. I was very embarrassed to be there. Speaking of ugly crying, next on the list, Next to Normal at CEC, directed by Derek and Kate Schultz. Uh, just, it's a it's a wonderful show, and I, I was surprised when CEC announced that they were doing it, but I was kind of pleasantly surprised because it's an important show. I mean, these musicals, I, I'm kind of like the musical girl that likes the the old school, warm, fuzzy, let's all sing in the car on the way home. These are not the kind of shows, right. you, you know, that you're going to be singing, but they're the ones that are going to impact you on a level that you're going to, like Eric, like Eric was saying, you're going to think about six months, years, you know, later. And they, they are the ones that, you know, open your minds to, you know, there are other people struggling with this thing that I'm struggling with, or I need to give more grace to people who may be struggling with this thing that, you know, so it's a beautiful show. Um, Newsies at Capital City Players. Uh, that's that's my normal kind of musical. That I love. <laughs> and they, I don't know where they got these dancers. These kids were just like tearing up the joint. And Alex, oh God, now I'm going to forget his name. Alex, the kid that played the lead. Somebody, mm, I think anybody? he's on the show as well. Anybody. Um, anyway, he was in Cabaret too, and I, I'm blanking on his name. But this kid is going to be on Broadway. N there's no doubt in my mind. He's he's going to be amazing. Um, he is amazing. Uh, but he's he just has a stage presence. You know when he walks. And that's in the a room. huge production. Huge production. Andrea Baker uh, played the the female lead in it, and they were just they had wonderful chemistry. It was just it, it was shocking that you know you just drove to Jefferson City and you just saw this like Broadway caliber show. It was so so wonderful. Speaking of Broadway. Caliber. I, again, I shouldn't have put this one on the list because I'm cheating. Mary Poppins at Arrow Rock Lyceum Theater. Of course, my son played Michael Banks, so I shouldn't be putting this on the list. But super production. Amazing. It was lovely. Just yeah. the, the dancing. The choreography was some of the hardest choreography. But these dancers, you know, the, these equity, the, the, the entire cast, other than the kids, almost was equity actors, you know, that they were bringing in. And so it makes a huge difference. What was amazing to me on that is that there were no... Uh, understudies for the children None. so if Gabe had broken his leg or something or something had happened yeah. then who was going to take their roles? Nobody. Gabe would have done it in a cast. 
And anyone who knows Gabe and knows what a klutz he is <laughs> would have been like, you need an insurance policy here. <laughs> but Quinn took a risk, and I'm so glad he did because that was a wonderful experience for, for Gabe to work with these professionals who were not only amazing, talented actors, but just great people. Great people. Um, okay, uh, I'll speed through the rest here. Drowning Girls at William Woods. I know that two other colleges did this. MU did this, and, and Stevens did it. But again, I only saw the one at William Woods directed by Melissa Alper Springer, and it was amazing. What an incredible show. I mean, that's just a phenomenal script. But then when you throw great actresses and great direction on top of it, great lighting, set design, I mean, just an amazing show. Hamlet, Greenhouse Theater Project of this. Elizabeth Bratton Palmieri played Hamlet. That's which a mind. Happy birthday, Elizabeth. Blew my mind. Is it her birthday? It is. Happy today. birthday, Elizabeth. Happy birthday to you. This production blew my mind. I mean, I've seen Hamlet. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen Hamlet. It's one of my favorite productions, and I've never seen it done with a female Hamlet before, and it just her director's notes in the program it made so much sense it made so much sense talk to Elizabeth about this production because it was just mind-blowing um, Fun Home made the top of my list at Stevens College um, with Trey Compton directing Trent Rash was the dad in it they had some of the most brilliant uh, actors in this playing the different ages of Allison's and uh, this was the story of Allison Bechtel the graphic uh, novelist she um with this brilliant, it's again, it's another one of those musicals. It's not warm and fuzzy, but no, it's, it's just one you're gonna think about for ages afterwards and just feel impacted. So that was the the best thing I think I I saw in the theater community. And I'm so sorry to everyone, everyone that I love that I didn't mention on this list. I love you all still. I just had to make. Sophie's choice. Yes. <laughs> I made you. It's my fault. It was, I made it's Diana's it fault. I still love everybody else. <laughs> so that's it. That's me. Okay. Audra. So like Ed, you wear very a lot of hats. You are wearing a lovely hat today. <laughs> you are a singer, songwriter, producer, playwright. Um, but obviously your first love is music. So what five events have your did your heart peak at this year? Oh. Well, I didn't. I didn't think about five events. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I thought about one, and again, I'm, I might be cheating, but it's just so so close to my heart. The one that I thought about that I thought was the most impactful to me, I was a part of. Um, but it was the Jane Doe review at the Blue Note, and the way that um, Violet Vondahar and Phil Sean Johnson brought together. I mean, over 50 female musicians. Some of from Kansas City um, and St. Louis, and that we went on tour to Kansas City twice, and had you know a great raised over ten thousand dollars for Planned Parenthood in Kansas wow. City, and then raised quite a bit of money here for now. Um, but just the way that that show who, works. Who is now? Now the National Organization of Women. Okay. Um, so we raised money for that here in Columbia, and then that we performed for Gloria Steinem. Um, in Kansas City at another Planned Parenthood event. Um, it was just, it's the family of those musicians that's been brought together. And I've never experienced anything like that kind of like everyone just coming in, knowing their, their job. I mean, it runs like a fine oil machine and there was never a discussion that it needed to. It was just, that's how every one of those women showed up. And it's, it was just so profound to see that featured at the Blue Note. And to see some people come out for it, um, because there aren't a lot of female-led bands mm -hmm. 
that are featured in festivals um, to the point where Brandy Carlisle is starting her own, much like the Lilith Fair uh, that in my coming out years, the Lilith Fair was like the end all be all of everything, you know, and Sarah McLaughlin was told no one wants to see a, a whole show of women, you know, and th then she was like, oh, well, watch me do that. And there's a very similar theme now with Brandy Carlisle and what she's getting ready to do and seeing Violet and Phil Sean kind of take over that home in Columbia and, and the way that they're so generous with with providing opportunities for people who ne who don't necessarily have their own bands, some of them, um, or they're not necessarily performing regularly, but then there's this magical night in June where they're gonna come out and they're gonna sing in a way that you're like, what in the heck? I didn't even, who are you? Where did you come from? I haven't even met you before. And then you're like, there you are. So it's just, it's a really generous and beautiful thing. So that that for me has really stuck out this year and, it was, and last year. It was beautifully multi-generational. So you had you know oh. young singers like Sifa. You had people that had been around for years. Yeah, Debbie Diagostino, you know, coming uh, coming back from from kind of some health issues and that kind of thing, and being back on the Blue Note stage. That was beautiful to see, and also to see Lucy Goldberg, one of Violet's students, take over and sing, and then to see the Bernie sisters, and it just. It makes me want to cry right now <laughs> because it's just it's such a beautiful family, and that really, that's that's Violet and Phil's energy, just bringing that. And so I'm just I'm always that's that stuck with me. And does that return in 2019? Yes, Are you going to does. tour it even wider? We next are year? going to tour even wider. There will be. Um, um, we're looking at Springfield. I know there's a date set for St. Louis, although I don't have that in my head. Uh, there's talk of Kansas City, and then of course Columbia. Eric, I mean, you cover the music scene a lot. Was that an event that really stood out for you as well in terms of the, the, the panoply of, of music events in Colombia? Yeah, sure. I mean, anything like that, I mean, I can't say anything about it better than what Audrey did, but just, um, I don't know, there's just something about seeing that many local people working together in that way, and I think that it's so easy for us. I actually read a, uh, somebody on Facebook the other day a thread about this, about how local... I think local is a beautiful word because that's where we all come from, but local can also be a word that we use to kind of explain things away, like, oh, they're just a local band. Right, it's a little pejorative, whatever. Yeah. But there are so many really amazing musicians from our community that are in events like that, and just seeing that like those folks stack up to anybody in any other local you know community mm -hmm. um yeah i mean that was just that's a phenomenal lineup of folks and, and violet and phil are amazing at what they do so i i that i i was gonna later on i have a question like you know what did what did you miss this year and uh what did you not see and that was that was my big screw up was <laughs> i didn't go and see the jane day review and i just have regretted it ever since so i will definitely be in the house next time you do it because <laughs> all i've heard it is just this love fest it is, um, it, I, that's a great way of saying it just like love fest and the and the music is contagious because you've known it so that part of the the kind of tribute band to all women yeah. musicians is just also right. infectious that you're mm -hmm. like i'm gonna get to hear cranberries and aretha franklin <laughs> and you know all of these favorite hits and then some things that are going to challenge you you know um like the Brandy Carlisle's The Joke, you know, that that's not always an easy song to listen to, you know, so, which is why it's, how many Grammys is she nominated for? I don't know. So many, yeah. And when you met Gloria Steinem, I mean, this was new to her too. I mean, she, you were sub you were playing with her, right. the Jane Doe Review. What were her comments about the well, evening? She was so generous that she, she spoke before we performed and then we went on. Mm -hmm. um, but she was so generous with her time. She met 
um, met and hugged each one of us, which was the touring version of this was a little smaller. The Jane Doe was a little smaller. It was basically the backing band and an additional couple of soloists because we did just the 70s set. Um, but, But she hugged each one of us and then we all stood in a room and she spoke with us. And it was really cool to get to see Violet, you know, get to tell her about her song that they were singing. We were singing because we did do um, Still Here, one of Violet's originals as the closer. And we had the video, which was really cool. Um, But it was she was just very generous with her time. And I think there's a picture of all of us um, in the eve watching. And it's kind of um, the the lights coming through, but it's all of our silhouettes. Mm -hmm. And everyone's perched and huddled together watching her. Mm -hmm. And that's a really special, like, mental image I have Mm -hmm. um, of just that family being, you know, seeing such an empowering woman and all of us getting to hear it and get to meet her. Well, talking of empowering women, before we get to Ed, let's play a little music by Audra Sergal. We're going to play a track track called The Silence from your album, recent album. Is it just 10 seconds of silence? (laughs) It's like John Cage. It's like John Cage. The silence, we don't speak. (laughs) Here is Audra Sergal with The Silence. Some days your feet are gonna hit the ground 
that was Audra Sergo with Restless Spirit, not the silence as I thought it was. <laughs> Restless Spirit with Travis McFarland yes. on the piano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Usually it's you on the piano, but. It is, but <laughs> not whenever he plays like that. Right. Why you just want Travis? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Ed, we haven't got to you yet. So you have been on all sides of the equation. You're actor, director, producer. So I'm sure it's hard not to have a super critical eye when you go to other productions. So maybe wearing each of your separate hats. Who well, I just don't like anything that I see unless I'm in it or directed it or produced it. There you go. Well, that should be, it should be an easy list for you then. Makes my, make my list short but sweet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's terrible. So, so I'm an awful person. That's why we love you. I know. But you're our awful person. So yes, there you go. So, who or what has stood out for you in terms of acting, directing, or producing this year? Well, you know, I, I gave this some thought, and uh, and you gave it's up. Really, kind of, it's really kind of hard just to make a make a list because I I feel like the the art scene in Colombia is um, it's kind of on the verge of almost exploding Uh, there's so much good stuff going on right now and um uh i've been involved personally in some of it um i'll talk about sweeney todd for just a minute that was a a show where uh talking horse decided to really take on a challenge of taking a big show uh and figuring out how to turn it into an intimate show Mm -hmm. um and I was very, very proud of our efforts on that. It's um, a show that um, I think the, the hardest technical thing that we did was we used a smoke machine, you know, a fog <laughs> machine. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it, I, to me, uh, taking a psychological drama musical like that um, works so well when your audience is only a few feet away from from the performer so they can really see the facial expressions and... and um, um, kind of be immersed in um, the the climate of that of that the show. creepiness of the villain. Yeah. Well, um, you know, you haven't lived until you've seen me whip myself. Uh, <laughs> just I, five, I, just I five feet away. While I, while I, while I, while I sing a high note. I mean, that's you know, really something. Oh, where can we see that in 2019? <laughs> that's right. So. <laughs> And, and of course, you know this was this was my retirement year from from running the company. And so, uh, what's interesting is these these two younger folks who have uh, stepped in to take over the leadership of Talking Horse. One of them was one of your featured soloists and Jane Doe, uh, Roshara Knight, who just uh, is an incredible blues and and jazz singer. But she also has such terrific acting chops, mm-hmm. and she was one of those actresses that. Um, uh, for a long time was sort of relegated to the back row of an ensemble because she was um, a black performer who was uh, stepping into shows that typically were only cast you know with white actors uh, and she found her footing at Talking Horse um, uh, through some of the things that we produced and uh, now she's just you know, she's like I said, she's one of those um, people that's sort of a driving force in the arts that I think is is really ready to um, become front and center one of the outstanding performers in town. Uh, the other young man who's taking over at Talking Horse, Adam Bretsky, um, um, has been doing a, quite a bit of acting um, uh, for us and and around town with other places. He's done a little bit of directing now. Um, a very sharp business mind. Uh, and I think uh, the combination of those two 
uh, running talking horse, we're going to see great things in 2019. I had selected this this uh, next season before I retired. Uh, so the shows you're going to see at Talking Horse next year are actually things that, that I wanted seen and put on the calendar. But um, uh, it's under their leadership now. So uh, I don't know if I'll be on the Talking Horse stage this next year. I'm actually attending some auditions uh, in Memphis, national auditions in Memphis in uh, February. And I'm hoping maybe to get some summer work somewhere uh, where I actually am paid decently for that because <laughs> talking horse pays but we don't pay very well um, <laughs> yeah so uh, so Sweeney Todd on your list uh, Sweeney Todd is definitely on my list um, we did a cabaret together Everyday uh, at, People at, Cabaret at, at Talking Horse that has developed into a whole series yeah. uh, that we now call Cabaret for a Cause there's going to be three of them in 2019 and uh, uh, that is a it kind of was a brainchild of, of Audra that she wanted to just get together with other people who really enjoy singing but don't really have time to do a six-week rehearsal schedule. And uh, what it evolved into was a, an opportunity for people to sort of rally around a cause and and to raise money. Are we needing to get somebody in? Is no, it? no, no. You keep going. I was just looking okay. to see if anybody I thought, was I thought maybe I needed to pause for a minute. If, if but, Catherine um, or Anastasia are in the waiting room, come on through. <laughs> so so that that's kind of an exciting thing is, is seeing artists decide that uh, not only do they just enjoy performing and they want to they want to share their gifts with people who are who are uh, interested in watching that but they they're also wanting to have some sort of a social voice and yeah. use their art to furthering a social cause of some sort uh, the fundraising that we did uh, with this first cabaret for a cause this last year uh, went to city of refuge which is uh, mm -hmm. just a, a terrific organization that helps immigrant families and of course immigration and and all of that has been so um in the front of the news you know over the past year or two and and uh, we just felt like that was such an important step for us to do um for movies, I'm going to say that uh, my favorite movie of the entire year was Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh, that was lovely. <laughs> Mr. Which Rogers I've seen movie. now three times, and I, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot uh, see it without choking up, because uh, I think that Fred Rogers is probably going to go down uh, eventually in history as, as one of the great philosophers of the 20th century. Um, I could see you playing Mr. Rogers. I could tell you. And you know, that. I've had I've had several level. people actually mention that to me. I, I have also been I have also been sometimes mentioned as a as a John Lithgow step in. So I'm I'm I've been stalking John Lithgow for the last three years trying to figure out what his secret is and how I can how I can make make a living doing that. But uh, two of my favorite women just walked in. I'm being licked by one of them. Asia Passenger, photographer to the stars, Catherine Ambrist, doyen of the arts, here in the studio. Come along in, take a seat. We're all sharing microphones, so um, I know I like this communal. Just in perfect time. Anastasia has a lovely unicorn, multicolored unicorn hat on. Is that is that what it is? Oh my yes, lord! Yes, it is. <laughs> it is being photographed. It was handmade by Sarah Cole. Kaleidoscope. At Kaleidoscope, which is probably online. It's so on Etsy. <laughs> on Etsy. If you, want, if you want a lovely unicorn hat, then I'll put the photograph on Facebook later and you can... Don't do that. So I'm just going to get in one more comment. Okay, thank you. 
<laughs> One more comment from Ed. So my my final comment is that I I just feel like uh, in Colombia we have people who are always looking to sort of push the envelope um, with with art, um, whether it's uh, you know film or music or theater or um, writing, photography, uh, any of the visual arts. Uh, we are. A very rare small community, small city. I think it's I, weird how many writers we have. It's weird how many <laughs> professional writers we have in this town. And I'm I'm in the presence of one who is the weirdest of all. Uh, and actors. I, I'm not really a writer. <laughs> and musicians. That's right. That's right. So mm-hmm. I just I, I feel like we are really blessed in in Colombia, and uh, I I encourage people to see as much as they can. I'm not able to see everything either, but I I just feel like uh, there are so many wonderful opportunities. Um, and really, if you just look on the on the events calendars that are that are published out there, uh, there's stuff every single night. Yeah, when uh, I'm trying to do my roundup for the week, I have to just cut things out because I can't yesterday. fit it all on. There's so yesterday much I on. stopped in at Sigurbratus and just went through the the oh, master exhibit, and, exhibit, and I'm just blown away by what he's been able to what they've been able to bring in, and and uh, um, you know I spent I was planning on 20 minutes and I spent over an hour just <laughs> just Good looking job. and talking, and I just love you know swapping ideas and and sharing ideas with with other people so um just know columbia that you are in a rare situation here and you need to really embrace that and and get out and see as much as you can Catherine, that leads us into the visual arts uh, and you are really good at getting out of columbia <laughs> two microphones you are <laughs> there we go that's called stereo <laughs> Yes. You're really good at going and doing and visiting and seeing things in Kansas City and St. Louis. So what have you seen in Columbia that you think should be seen in bigger cities? And what have you seen in St. Louis and Kansas City that you'd like to bring here? Like, what are your top picks of the year? Um, For out of town, you know what? I also go to Crystal Bridges a lot. Bye, Eric. Um, And I did, I'm just going to bring in an answer that you didn't ask me about. But um, I do go to Crystal Bridges, which is down in Bentonville, Arkansas, a lot. And they have a lot of really fabulous um, exhibition turnovers there, including Soul of a Nation um, that they had, I think, earlier in the spring this year. And what was that about? Um, That was uh, Art in the Age of Black Power. um, And it was wonderful. In fact, I do a lecture on it in one of my classes now. Um, and they also had a show about um, George O'Keefe and tying in contemporary artists with sort of the legacy of George O'Keefe, which was really beautiful and poignant as well. Um, but one of my favorite things that's happened in Kansas City, which sounds weird, but if you have not gone to a Hotel 21C before, they are um, a museum hotel chain around the country, and they have the most fabulous themed contemporary art exhibits. Um, It's free to go in. You can also go get a cocktail or lunch while you're there (laughs) because the art is also in the restaurants. But there's one in Bentonville, and they just opened one this year in Kansas City as well. 21C. Mm -hmm. There's an exhibit right now about um, immigrants and refugees that's just stunning. Um, and blew me away. And that's in so Kansas City? It is. And okay. it's, you can see some of the images on their website, too, before you go. 
Okay. You should go. And what have you seen in Colombia? What has impressed you in our city this year? Um, I was super excited about the Cuban exhibit that Sager brought us brought in. Um, when was that? That was in April. Um, there had been I had been talking to them about sort of their journey to Cuba and the conversations that they were having with the artists there, and so I was really really excited to see what came of it. And um, that show blew me away as well. Um, especially there was, oh, I can't remember the artist, but he was doing this mixed media work um, that sort of looked like frying pans with plexiglass and it lit up. And um, and I know that his wife is an artist as well, and I've been kind of waiting to look up her work too. So um, that show was really exciting to me. In February, they had an artist in their February exhibit uh, named Nick I believe um, and he had these gorgeous like spherical landscapes that had um, mat board kind of covering it with cutouts so there was this really interesting um, foreground and background with negative space and he was talking a little bit about sort of the American dream the problematic visions mm. of the American dream mm. um, and then of course there were a couple shows at Bingham that I you can mention those. loved a lot <laughs> Um, one I just took down, it was called Future Tense, and it featured uh, graduate and undergraduate fibers work from around the country. And actually, we had one person from Canada as well. Um, and it was just a really stunning array of what students are doing with sort of contemporary fiber arts right now. And then we had a graduate student who a lot of people around town know, John Schneider, because he's mm -hmm. like everywhere around town. <laughs> he seems to know everyone, but he had a an exhibit called Battlefolds that was his master's thesis exhibition that uh, I just kept walking into the space because it was really, really stunning um, and poignant and layered. Um, and I was just really, really proud of him that he was able to finish off his time at MU like that. Yeah. Is he staying in Columbia? I believe so. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. We used to see his work at the Art League quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, he, that man is a machine. He never stops making, which I think was um, really apparent in his thesis show because it was sort of like factory work, the, the origami that he made. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Anastasia, photography, what has uh, sparked your interest this year, aside from your own work? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I, I was not prepared for this interview. That's okay. Uh, other people have notes. I was basically coming to crash the party. <laughs> Are you photobombing? And possibly radio bombing. Talk about how great I am some more. But um, I was, because I was just on here. So what? Uh, let me think about what caught my interest. I think at Orr Street Studios, we just had a show... Um, so two shows, actually, that are interesting. Okay, now I've thought of a third. But um, <laughs> one would be the Columbia scene that Orr Street just hosted an exhibition uh, competition. And it was the first time we had uh, Orr Street by itself, you know, had done that. They've done it in conjunction with others, but had, you know, anyway... It was uh, it was really interesting to see other people's takes on Columbia and what stands out to them and what's important to them. Um, it was a really great show. It was beautiful. Uh, and then just r on the heels of that, Montmini Gallery had a photography exhibition. Has a photography. Oh, yeah, it's up right now still. I f yes, of course. <laughs> and they had invited, I think there are 10 different photographers in the show. And... Um, who are from Columbia or Jeff City, and 
it's it is really stunning it's it's quite amazing and impressive the different um just the different views on what is columbia mm-hmm. i think that one was was titled what is columbia and um i have work in that show but i'm really excited about so i think everybody <laughs> well, should go I see have it work in that show and it was on my list too oh well you should go see it <laughs> no, it's definitely it's a great it. i just think it's a great show aside <laughs> great show. uh and then um yeah, photo vision at, at Orr Street gets stronger every year, and it's it's very exciting to be a part of that tradition. I, I want to also bring in somebody who isn't here because I I posted on Facebook and said to ask people like you know what have you seen that you've enjoyed this year? So David Mack, hello David Mack, he had answered and he said the best shows I saw this year in no particular order are Ain't Misbehaving at Maplewood Barn, Next to Normal at C Columbia Entertainment Company, Cabaret at Columbia Entertainment Company, Sweeney Todd at Talking Horse, and he said Fulton High School also put on a stunningly good production of Proof this fall, wow. and then he also wanted to give a mention a shout out to Meg Phillips Crespi's original cabaret Lady Parts yeah. which was fantastic yeah, it was fantastic <laughs> were you in that order? I played piano you played piano okay but Jan Summers and Robin Anderson did most of that work okay that was great and hopefully that is coming back and she's got some very exciting things coming up in 2019 and David said it also may be worth noting the passing of Byron Scotty Scott in October who was one of the lions of local community theatre for several decades Scotty made his mark as an actor director board member and president of the Maplewood Barn Theatre Board. So yes, Scotty will be much missed within the theatre community going forward. Um, Mike, you go to a lot of, bringing you into this, you go to a lot of music shows. So tell us what you have seen and loved this year. Um, well, musically, there's so much. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned by how, how good the, the, uh, the scene is here or how I'm impressive it is just tons of really talented people making music I think my favorite and you know this uh, Ray Fitzgerald's um, Mm. my favorite um, female vocalist and songwriter I think she's just stunning and uh, the the Jane Doverview was remarkable and and all the all the women that are involved in that just fantastic and a number of them have been on my my show uh, that we that I do before yours but but anyway um, I love the music uh, but I like um from your show, I'm kind of thinking along the lines of you guys uh, have been talking about. And there was a, a gentleman that was here a month or two ago who did a Native American art uh, mm-hmm. a presentation. I think Craig it was at, Col- at Columbia College, perhaps. Oh, that was a good show. That, yeah. That was, yeah, he's um, on my list. For me, I just thought that was really remarkable. Um, I love the tarot. I was just Exhi- going to, I've been holding that going, wait, the Columbia Art League, the tarot yeah. exhibition was fantastic. <laughs> the tarot fantastic. exhibition was super cool. And, um, and Sweeney Todd is my is my favorite Broadway musical, and and I actually have a copy of the 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 LP, the actual album with um, Angela Lansbury, and uh, I forget the Len Len Carew was it? Yeah, was, that's was right. That, mm-hmm. I think who who played who played Sweeney. Anyway, the the production that that and you saw it at Maplewood Barn. No, I saw it here at Talking as Horse. well. Okay, well, I saw it at Maplewood Barn, yeah. but the Talking Horse. Uh, production I thought was fantastic. Uh, they, they were both good, but um, I was super impressed by the Talking Horse production and really the theater itself. The way that the, the way that the theater is built and the and the you pretty much bring the the crowd sort of right into the into the production. And I was I was 
right in the front row and I loved watching Ed and Monica and it was Ed, in fact Ed tore me apart like I was I was the subject of his ridicule uh, <laughs> at, at, when, when he, has, he has to pick somebody to you know uh, to, I sentenced him to hang yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway I really felt it so <laughs> we just locked eyes and he's looking at me and his eyes kept getting bigger and then he looked at the person sitting next to him and was like he's talking to me it was great but anyway, I'm, 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 I was I was thrilled with a lot of the stuff that came about this year in the arts in general and I'm thrilled to be a part of your show because I learned so much uh, uh, just just by osmosis by sitting on the other side of the microphone here so anyway all, all of all of you all that have been involved with Diana's program the, the arts um, seen here in Columbia really is remarkable and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. So. Yeah, and, and next week Mike and I are going to do a, a double uh, show, a two-hour show, the Mike and Diana show. Yeah, we're going to yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're going to play some clips. It's not the Diana the and Mike show? <laughs> it is yes, actually it is. the Diana. Yeah, yeah really. Exactly. Yeah. I was just, just being respectful. <laughs> in, in my head it's the Diana and Mike show. <laughs> the Mike and Diana show. Well, he comes first in the morning like 9 till 10 so, you know. Yeah. Um, and we're going to play clips from uh, interviews that we We've done through the year that we would like to revisit so it's going to be an indulgent self-indulgent show yeah, I'm, next I, week I plenty of questions for you by the way so. <laughs> okay. can i say that diana diana and i and monica and mallory went to see a crazy show we in, talked about that oh, did you already talk about it well she shot all be quiet mm. oh we did say that you ended up with a man in your lap oh god <laughs> romeo <laughs> so you can't man's go. face um, well okay <laughs> Well, head. Let's just say head. There is that. Uh, is that the show that I wondered why I wasn't invited? Oh yeah. I think so. But I wanted what I wanted to call. say. Did you already say how it made you feel like uh, no the um like a natural woman? No. <laughs> that the entertainment in Colombia. It made me feel like a natural woman. <laughs> but the entertainment in Colombia is just so accessible. I don't want to say highbrow and that was lowbrow, but it is it is so professionally. professionally done. And I've said this before when I saw a show this year at the university, um, their smaller theater. And studio was 4. Studio 4. And I, I wish I could remember the name of it. It was like ja a post-apocalyptic jazz Situation. Oh, I know. Dancing on Bones. Dancing on Bones. Yeah. They it were on our changed show. my mm -hmm. life. I mean, it was so, it was just so amazing and impressive. And it made us, uh, Linda and I say, well, we commit to going to see one um, theater production a month in Columbia this year. And that's our Christmas present to ourselves. That's fantastic. Good job. Wow, that's a you. great Christmas present to give. No wrapping paper, no waste. Right, yeah just positivity all the way through well I'm going to be a little self-indulgent and give you my list because quite a few things that are on my list have not come up on anyone else's because you're just a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> there may be that and so yeah it's, it's actually a top three six, a top nine um, <laughs> see how strange that is <laughs> why can't she just do a top ten like everybody else <laughs> so in no particular order um, I loved which I wasn't expecting to love I loved the Mizzou New Music Festival's seven world uh, premieres mm -hmm. which was composers from around the world that came here young composers mm -hmm. and that was it's incredible so mm -hmm. it was so good I didn't love all of them but there were three two of whom were on my show so I definitely love theirs well the um, idea is that 
it's a it's a showcase for new music, right? And it's right here. The new music is you hard know, to listen to that's, sometimes. That's, sometimes, but yeah. the, the the whole thing is it's exciting because it's introducing new stuff, right? You and know. it's here. Seven it's world not the premieres. same old, same old. And you what, see a lot of new stuff and hear a lot of new stuff here. Some of those people will go on to be big composers. Yes. I mean, there was really phenomenal talent. Um, I love the Timothy Swenson show, the political satire show at Columbia College. Mm-hmm. Um, I put one of those on our Facebook page. He, he was great to talk to, and his work is phenomenal. Papier-Mâché, Trump... Clinton, oh, yeah. just all Fantastic. the satire, so amazingly done. Um, tarot cards at Cal, amazing show. Clever Little Lies, I really loved at Talking Horse, that was very funny. Uh, Agnes of God at Columbia Entertainment Company was phenomenal. And that's another one of those shows that I kind of steeled myself to go and see because it's not warm and fuzzy, it's a, you know, a heavy uh, production. But Sarah Jost, Ronnie Rossi, um, and uh, and Mary Shaw, just three actors in it, were phenomenal. It was such a powerful play, and that's definitely stayed with me. Uh, at Studio Four at Mizzou, Songs for a New World was uh, by Joseph... Uh, Jason Robert Jason Robert Brown. Brown. Just a phenomenal production. A, 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 power, a power cast um, was... It was yeah, I can't forget that. Benton's Perilous Visions at the State Historical Society. Mm-hmm. They're Benton paintings from the war. Fantastic. Fantastic. And that's up until April. Really worth going to see. <laughs> it's, it's not often all of those paintings are together. They get loaned out to other museums Anytime around the country. Anytime you can go to the State Historical Society, I think it's an unsung treasure oh, that we yeah. have in Columbia. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. And they'll talk to you about all their stuff mm-hmm. if you ask them to. And it's free. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And they'll be moving into their new building, the incredible structure on Elm Street, I think, in April. And then, as I think Monica said, Hamlet by Greenhouse Theatre Production. Yes. Just, I mean, mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Wow. Mind Everything so they do is mind-blowing. It all changes your life. It does. No, no for real. Too. Oh, oh, Frankenstein. That was so... Could we oh, keep yeah. talking about it? Yes. It was so incredible. Uh, the multi-tiered, multi-storied experience. Yes, yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. What I think the is message. amazing about Green, so good. Greenhouse Theatre Shakespeare is the way they perform it, the way they speak it, it feels like you're listening to contemporary language, even mm-hmm. though you're listening to Elizabethan English. But they put it across in a way that it feels so contemporary. So, yeah, I think everything they do is so powerful oh christmas candies mike is giving out christmas candies <laughs> are cute as shut lovely. up put your face full of tapping and another one that i really loved is a room full of teeth who played as part of the university concert series and um, we might play a little clip from room full of teeth we've got a couple of minutes put a, uh, Catherine and i can fill a couple minutes <laughs> i know i have a, a few other shout outs oh but. okay well then let, let's not go to room full of teeth you can well, listen yeah. to that online but they were phenomenal Catherine. Who else would you like to shout out well, about? Well, I um, go listen to a lot of music, too. I do want to give one more shout out to a young photographer and mixed media artist who is in town. Her name is Robin Haithcote. Um, she's a junior right now at Mizzou. Um, and she had a show at Resident Arts this year that mm. was an exhibition award from maybe from our undergrad juried exhibition last year. I can't quite remember. But um, she is doing a lot of work with... Um, 
photo, video, mixed media, and really thinking about like perspective and vision. And so if you can find some work of hers around town, I'm going to highly suggest going. But um, you were talking with Mike about music. Um, and I do want to give a shout out to the new Vidwest Fest yeah. that Melissa Lewis and her crew, Chelsea Myers, um, put on because that was so fun. And a lot, they like worked so hard on that festival. Some friends of mine from Kansas City came and played, the Sun Eaters. And then I saw the Royal Furs for the first time, and that's a local band, and they were fantastic. So I cannot wait to see them again. And just the fact that um, there was all this music, and then you could also go see music videos, which it's funny because people sometimes are like, wait, are people still making music videos? Yes. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're really wonderful. There's a lot of talented people out there. Um, And I also want to give a shout out to Roots and Blues because I got to see Lake Street Dive there, and I had actually driven the summer down to Fayetteville to see them in a really tiny club and just had a wonderful time and was super, super excited that they were here at Roots and Blues. Yeah, we haven't even touched on festivals. We have so many festivals. I think that the City of Columbia should have the tagline City of Festivals rather than what you unexpect. So many now. Uh, But yeah, there are so many. You unexpect all those festivals. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you live here, then you just expect awesome festivals. So, you know, True False, Art in the Park, Roots and Blues, Midwest Music Fest, Dismal Niche, Citizen James. The Fortune Fest was a fantastic one this year that was uh um down there at rose park and uh just one afternoon but paul weber and the scrappers ray fitzgerald and a whole bunch of uh, national acts that were just fantastic right and then coming up in january i think there's uh, blue note has a whole series of fests coming up country fest rock fest <laughs> jazz fest blues fest hip-hop all of it it is it's yeah, yeah. Fest. So fest, 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 fest. Um, and of course, true false is around the corner too. There was also, um, did anybody go see Antonio Sanchez do the live performance to the Birdman soundtrack that was in February oh, at man. the Missouri Theater? Um, I didn't know about it. And then I suddenly found out about it. And it was stupendous. He's just like a fabulous drummer. And I had to like dig back through my brain to remember what happened earlier this year. But that one did stick with me too. It was a really cool performance. Yeah, it's difficult when you're putting your list together of the year. It's a little bit like the the Oscars. Like all the films that come out at the end of the year end up getting the Oscars because right. they're you know, the most recent to people's. Well, they, they time them to come out so that they're going to be in time for the Oscars. So thinking back to what I saw in January and February is really difficult. But now I feel like I should make a, a list through the year a movable list, like Eric said, like things that start on your A list, you know, might mm-hmm. get surpassed as you go back. Like, how am I still thinking about it six months later? Mm-hmm. Things that might have been mm-hmm. on the B list might move up to the A list. Because um, I think, yeah, like you said, you don't always recognize the impact of something right after you've seen it. It's, you know, months later that you think about it. Or what are you still thinking about months later? Mm-hmm. Has anything has anything made you cry this year? Oh my God, Moved I you to every tears. day. <laughs> <laughs> I would say (laughs) (laughs) Hamlet moved me to tears for sure Hamlet I I get the privilege of seeing it several times because I photograph um, and photograph it and then sometimes I'll and then I see it and then sometimes I'll go back and see it again but uh, it was yeah it was it was very touching and then a conversation I had with Jenny Hipster's sister actually after watching Frankenstein for the second time um, or third, I don't. I think I saw that one three times. Jenny. And and Jenny is just such an amazing physical artist, mm-hmm. and 
And I know from being her friend that she actually injured herself by just putting herself into throwing herself into that into that role and uh, talking to her sister and talking about, you know, the message of just being lonely and alone and how do you, you know, bridge that and just I don't even remember. It was just so beautiful, though. And I think that. Yeah. Great. Audrey, anything that's moved you to tears this year in the arts? Get in here, Audra. Come on. <laughs> Shuffle forward, Audra. Uh, I laughed so hard that I cried at the Stable Boys production <laughs> yeah. at Talking Horse yes, several we should mention times. The, improv. Uh, the new improv troupe that's coming out of Talking Horse. Um, I really, I laughed so hard that, I, yeah, I almost peed. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> that counts too. Laughing till you cry. Exactly. Laughing till I cry. Laughing till I pee. Do you have you guys mentioned any of the choral unions at uh, no. or groups choral groups at the university? Um, I go to the Unitarian Universalist Church, and the music director brings in their little small like choirs to come in and perform. There's a women's choir, and I can't remember what it is, but they I was definitely crying. It's beautiful. So if you ever have a chance to see any, I mean, really anything that Mizzou is putting on, other than sports is just I mean the sports is phenomenal too but we're talking about the arts here they don't need more audience they don't but it's <laughs> go see anything you have the opportunity to go see because it's it, it's so professional you know I had, I had Josh Reed on earlier in the year from the university concert series and he gave a great piece of advice he said he challenged people to go to see something that they didn't expect to like yeah. and I have taken that to heart and so I went to see uh, the new music festival because I didn't expect to like it and I loved it but in the same token I went to see Asleep at the Wheel they were I mean they're very professional but just didn't flutter my heart at all not my cup of tea but you know it's good to go and see things that you don't expect to like so I applaud you uh, Anastasia and Linda uh, for going to see one thing a month as a Christmas gift to each other nice. I think we should all go and see things that we yeah. don't expect to like and expand our horizons absolutely and with that coming- Columbia 89.5 FM Back to Diana. We are coming to the end of our show. Thank you so much to all of my guests today, to Ed Hansen, Audra Sergal, Catherine Ambrose, Monica Palmer, Eric Danielson, Anastasia Pottinger. Um, you have been listening to Speaking of the Arts. Do we have time, a couple of minutes, to do a quick rundown of things that are coming up over the next couple of days? There's, sure. really, there's really not very much. Usually we end the show with a roundup, but this week, because it's Christmas, the arts are taking a well-earned week off. But here are a few things coming up. Tonight at Cafe Berlin, there is the Wild Folk Snowball Winter Solstice Dance Party that's a lot of adjectives and fundraiser <laughs> that gets underway at 6pm and there's a $5 suggested donation for those who can afford it at Rose Music Hall you heard them on Mike's show earlier the Hoot and Hollers play tonight with Don't Mind Dying and the Molly Jean One Whoa Man Band oh, that show starts at 9 uh, at the Blue Note Orchard Fire are back in Columbia for a Fleetwood Mac tribute concert oh, that starts boy. at 8.30 um, and there are a few chances left four chances left to go and see the Lyce- at the Lyceum Theatre in Arrow Rock to see A Christmas Carol uh, there's not many tickets left though so you'll, if you go as a group you'll be scattered around the auditorium tomorrow night Violet and the Undercurrents will be playing at the Rocheport General Store from 8pm onwards in town Skylark Bookshop on 9th Street will have a Polar Express Storytime event at 7pm and at Broadway Brewery the Big Bang Brass Quartet will be playing Classic Christmas at 8 at the Blue Note there is a Santa Baby Holiday Burlesque Ball starring Lola Vanella and her troupe of vaudeville and burlesque performers her show starts at 830 
30. And aside from that, you are on your own for entertainment until next Thursday when Rose Music Hall welcomes to town the Fayetteville-based funk rock group Groovement, at which you can shake off your Christmas lethargy. <laughs> Catherine is going to that. No, no, I was going to mention one more thing tonight. Oh, yes. At the Bridge in Jeff City, there's a Young Musician Showcase that I think I might be going to. It sounds really cool. Excellent. Okay, one more thing in Jeff City tonight at the Bridge. You have been listening to Speaking of the Arts on 89.5 FM KOP in Columbia with me, Diana Moxon, and my good friend and sound engineer, Mike Hagan. Mike and I will be teaming up for a two-hour of the arts next week and looking back on some of our favorite interviews of the year if there's anything you want to hear again drop us an email via the speaking of the arts page on the koopn website or via the facebook page until then merry whatever you celebrate or don't and remember stay arty columbia stay arty